Welcome back, inebriate. Uh, this is Andy, your faithful host, as always. Um, and I don't know if you've heard, um, considering that this is like our third or fourth in this series, um, but we're doing a small press expo on uh, August 20th. Jeez, did I forget the... I have it right here. Totally blanked on the date. Yep, August 20th at Mayflower Brewery called Pages and Pints. And today we brought on a uh, author that will be appearing there, uh, Richard geez i asked you about your your last name and i stumbled over richard uh richard feidelberg welcome to the show man yeah actually i just go by rich the book rich? all my all my all my covers say rich feidelberg richard, right. richard sounds way too formal like a king of england or something i don't know <laughs> like, no, i so, don't want to do that i'm, so just I'm not yeah i'm it's to keep it casual and informal and um so people don't think i'm un, 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 unapproachable okay well you have you know, uh a bunch of books i feel like when we first met you had maybe just one i i mean i might be wrong in that no i don't i don't think that's true i think well when did we when did i show up there it was like 20 i want to say 14 15 16 something maybe yeah maybe even far back as that so Um, far because um well and i'm guessing it was closer to 16 because i didn't start I didn't start uh, doing stuff until to about 2014. Okay. Okay. My first novel um, was published by a small press in 2013 um, or 2012, I guess it was. And they didn't do too well. It folded by 2013. Let me see if I can get the story straight here. It's been 10 years now. Wow. Um, and then I got my rights back. About 2014, so sometime that year, I started going to events. Mm-hmm. Your event was, and it took me a while to figure out how to do this. Yeah. I'd never done it before. And your event was some years after that initial, uh, I ended up in, the initial one I think was in Rhode Island, where I made my first sales and I was going, yeah, okay, I could maybe even do this. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, Yours was a yours was uh some 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 years later when I had I had more of a groove going, um because it was December. Yep. Because it was snowing. Yeah, it was. It was uh, it was, it was the holiday season kind of thing. It was right um, after Christmas. Yes, it was right at right. It was in that weird time between Christmas and New Year's, and I said, "Geez, this is a weird time because everybody's done their holiday shopping, but people showed up." I even have video. I know I took video of, of something that from from that event. I still have on my phone, um, and I think I made a few sales, such that I think I said uh, I'd do this again. Yeah. But I haven't because, um, well, I got busy with stuff. I, d- I didn't see you. I try. I'm mean, trying to keep track of you. I have to say that sometimes keeping track of what you're doing is difficult. Yeah. Um. So I didn't see any any specific events that were up my line um, because I know you do a lot of you're all over the arts. Yeah. we're And that's uh, it's funny because yeah. like I was telling someone the other day that had I a crystal ball and I could look into the future instead of inebriate art, it would have been inebriate arts. Um, yeah. Because we and do kind of cover so, a lot of things. Yeah. And so I'm not so sure that an event that's more on the maybe ceramic painting end is more as appropriate as something like we're going to have in August. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It, it's kind which of is, getting a bit of a buzz yeah. to those of us who take pen to paper or fingers to keyboard in my case. Um, and, you know, tell stories. 
Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Like I, I for kind, I didn't forget about, but I hadn't thought about that event in a while. That it was, um, it was Plymouth decided they wanted a first night kind of event, okay. but they okay. didn't want to do it on New Year's because they were worried about public intoxication. So they called it Winterfest, and it was like the week. It was oh, yeah. like that weird week in between Christmas and New it Year's. Was a, it was. It was a weird. Uh, but people showed up. I mean, that was oh, that yeah. wasn't. That wasn't the. I wasn't sure about that, but the price was right. So um, that's that's usually my gating factor. Is that the, a lot of these big events cost so much money for a table? I I lose money just before I walk in the door. Yeah, and that's one of those things. Like we try to keep that in mind. It's like you know, especially something like a small press expo. You know, you're yeah. already, you know, you have your your table set up, whatever you have there, your, right. your cost of your books and then your right. your time and you're trying to to make a living. You know, well, I work cheap. <laughs> I work uh, cheap. I always have. Um, um, that precedent was start started with my grandparents when I worked for food, <laughs> <laughs> mowing their lawns and such. Um, yeah. I work cheap. Um on the other hand, that's that's reasonable compensation because my grandmothers, both of them, were phenomenal cooks. Oh yeah, I'd work for food if it's good food. Um, oh yeah, it, it was awesome food. So, how many uh, books do you have out now? How many books? Well, that's a good question. I have to stop the count. See, okay, so let's see. So, the original the original fantasy series of eight uh, went down to three when I sold I sold I sold the rights to that to the to the series to a small press. So I'm back, basically published by Small Press again. So I've come full circle. Mm-hmm. These guys are in London. These guys are doing are much better than the f- the first people I I hooked up with. Um, um, and so now, and the and the last book came out. What's this? This is June. Yes. Uh, so that came out in March. There are so there are three ebooks. They're big. They're long because I picked or I I, I squished. Um, the smaller books into bigger stuff because fantasy readers like big, thick, mm-hmm. you know, what I refer to as Robert Jordan sized novels. Yeah. If, which if you're familiar with his, with his work, those things are long and big and hairy. Um, never mind the fact that there's like 14 of them now. Um, um, but, but, um, having eBooks didn't do me any good. For these events, and now that COVID is sort of done, and see, here's here's part of my thinking. Is my thought was when COVID hit, um, I was about to go to New Hampshire for an event. Yeah, event I had done many times um, up there uh, at a high school. Then they've been very receptive because um, the students there read this kind of my my fa- fantasy stuff all the time, um, and they they were doing cosplay at the same time, and it was a big fantasy kind of thing. I said, oh, cool. I fit right in here. Beautiful. But when it hit, they had they canceled everything, of course. Everything got shut down. Yeah. I looked at this and said, look, I'm not going to be selling books this year unless I go do something. And so, you know, I just happened to trip over um, the ad of um, this particular publisher online. And I said, OK, let me let me let me see. Let me submit something. So I did what they said. I submitted the. How does this go now? I submitted the query letter. Which was mostly an email um, with whatever else they wanted. I don't remember now. It was either an outline or the first chapter or the first three chapters or whatever that was. And they liked what they saw and they said, send the whole thing. And they really liked it. Um, 
Um, and I was I was amazed because generally speaking, that's not the reaction I get to my work when I submit. Um, uh, a lot of stuff goes. It's not quite for us. It's not bad. It's just not quite for us. Yeah. And find, finding finding the right fit is can be difficult and can be discouraging for some writers too. So, but I'm I said, look, I expect to fail. <laughs> if I set that up, then it doesn't feel so bad. Yeah. Because the first rejections were nasty. Were, well, were very painful. I had to learn not to take it personally. Um, but um, um, and then the next thing I know, I'm looking. I'm looking at this publishing contract, and I'm going, okay, well, that's that's cool. Um, but do you just want the first couple that I sent you, or do you want the whole series? He said that they really want the whole series. He said, okay, fine, that's good to know. I was trying to place the whole series mostly because. There's stuff behind it that I'm still trying to I'm still trying to get to the right other th- stories in the same environment in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um different characters, but continuing the story of what's going on there. Um so then um uh over the last two I guess that was no you saw yeah, so I worked, I think uh, hmm. I got my years mixed up. I'm not sure. I guess I wrote to them in 20, but things didn't come out until 21. Yeah. And so um, the last couple of years, that's what we've been doing. Every they they, they don't want to just they didn't just want to do all of my stuff because they got other works from other people that are being submitted, of course. So they wanted to give it some some time between submissions. Plus, they wanted to see how the book was doing, um, but it's selling. Um, but now that COVID is sort of over, and I can go back to um my life as it used to be yeah i said well, look guys all i have is ebook it's not my fantasy series that's not going to do any good i can't sell an ebook to anybody right um so um they agreed that they would break those books those three books back up into the well they agreed to to, to take the first book break it back into the, the two pieces that i smushed together and print it in paper and that's going on now i don't know what i'm going to see anything from them that's going on now. Meanwhile, I do have all of the old inventory I had before COVID. Right. That's what I'm selling at your event in August. So these are the first editions. Very rare because they're Collectors not going to be... items. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. They're not going to be reprinted at all because the rights are gone. But I have them. Yeah. Uh, in this form because that's what I have. Okay. So I have those novels. Plus I re... I didn't sit on my hands while everybody was in lockdown. I revised took several collections of short stories. Uh, so there were four of those. So to answer your question, that's up to seven now. I have, I think, four collections of poetry. One is based on the f- fantasy world that my novels are on, and the other three are just poetry collections. The last one just came out earlier this year, I think also in March or April. Um, so that's uh seven and that's about 11 currently active um and then i got a few other things that are um i got some nonfiction that i'm in the process of revising about comic books which is a small passion of mine um since i grew up on them it's what one of the reasons as i explained in my biography it's one of uh, my biographical blurb it's one of the reasons i write fantasy stories now is because i was i grew up on a steady diet of comic books and um Science fiction. What was your your uh, go to comic? I mean, I was a big comic book fan, and I love like fantasy. But I feel like my love of fantasy came from like 
you know, movies like um, Excalibur and Dungeons and Dragons and like my well, superheroes okay. came from comic books. Well, well, <laughs> well, I got introduced to comic books earlier at first yeah. during the Silver Age. This is the birth of, this is the time I'm old enough. I saw the birth of Marvel yeah. right in the 60s, right? So, but we had a, a smattering of both DC and Marvel. Um, my father um, probably, because he's, he's old enough, he grew up on the Superman serial. Yeah, sure. On on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I think he was more partial to that. But we had a steady diet of, of Marvel as well. My love of fantasy comes from Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which I read. It, that became big in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Right? He was sort of like rediscovered, if you will. Probably because he passed away in 73, I think. And people, you know, this this happens. This happens. Right when to the limelight, yeah. Yeah, when, when, he di- when, when the author dies, it's like, oh, he's dead. What did he do? Look, he did some cool stuff, and then yeah. he gets really popular. And it's like, too bad he didn't figure this out a few years earlier. He could have enjoyed some, you know, yeah. Um, my my love for Tolkien comes from the cartoon. Oh no, no, I read I read the novels. Yeah. Um, then I found out, of course, that um, then I found out, of course, that the Tolkien didn't really invent swords and sorcery so much, although mm-hmm. he's a pioneer in that field. So the source and sorcery, as you see for like for D and D, comes from the pulps of the '30s, which are little known. The whole Grey Mouser um, hmm. um, uh, series by uh, Fritz Lieber, I think it is. Grey Mouser, um, yeah, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, see, um, I've done I've done my homework here. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I had a, at some point I went back and I said, okay, look, let's you know. And I found some really good books on on the subject too. Some of them are by I was pointed to by other fantasy writers who I've met in the course of doing all of this stuff. Um, there's a very interesting book that, whose name I've forgotten, um, but I have a copy of it and I was reading it, and it covers you know sort of like the evolution of fantasy um, from its earliest beginnings, like in the days of Tolkien and uh, Lewis uh, C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Right, well, they're contemporaries at the beginning of the 20th century, through the pulp, the pulp era. Pulps and pulps are both known for things or for characters like the Shadow, yeah, which is yeah, crime yeah. and mystery, and Doc Savage, which is more science fiction. And the fantasy piece is mostly ignored because I don't know why it just doesn't get a lot of play. Um, but that's the Fritz Lieber is the is one of the folks that that is holding up that end of the bus. Um, through to um, its resurgence after Tolkien dies, because once he dies, then lots of folks. I mean, there were other there were other works. There were things in the sixties. Gormenghast comes to mind, which is a by a British author um, whose name I've forgotten, but I have I have a copy of that too. And so I went uh, at some point when after doing some of this reading, I went back and found some of these other people to round out my reading because one of the basic tenets of writing is write what you know and if you want to write uh write fantasy you better be reading a lot of it yeah right so mm-hmm. i mean I've, I've i've read a bunch of more of the contemporary people people you know you know andrew norton um um what's her name uh, Catherine kurtz um roger zelazny um uh those are those are the more of the where 
where, where the, the generation that I've of writers that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like hooked into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found some of the more recent folks, like, like I said, like, um, like Robert Jordan from the 90s, 80s and 90s. I think it's mostly 90s. Um, obviously, Harry Potter, which I just happened to trip over one day in, was it Costco? I think it was Costco. I said, oh, this looks interesting. I wonder what they did with the, what they did with it. Didn't realize it was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it hadn't really, the phenomenon hadn't really hit in America quite yet, but there were, there were some of the books were, were sitting there. Um, um, uh, and every so often, you know, I go back and I go try to find other other folks. Um, and so now, now would now I've I've writers. Some of these writers include things, people like Piers Anthony, um, uh, Jim Butcher is actually. Oh, I love Jim Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Does, I, does, I, does I'm not work. a I'm I'm a, a dyslexic person, so reading for me is very tough. But um, yeah, I, he I, does, I he does a... love his. Um, uh, Dresden Files, yeah, right. That's his fantasy series, mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, as there's a whole, there's a whole. I have a whole long, long list of, of people. Uh, uh, most of, mostly these days, I listen to them more than read them. Sure. Um, so I have a whole bunch of audiobooks from folks because I couldn't possibly store all of those books physically. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't have the physical room in my house. That's one reason. And the other reason is um, the it's rare for me to actually crack open a book these days and sit down and actually read it because I'm so busy with, with all kinds of stuff. I did decide, however, to make an exception. I'm now in the middle of Contact by um, Carl Sagan. Yeah. Which you're probably familiar with the movie. The movie, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we watched that. Uh, it's a favorite of my wife's. Uh, we watch it so often. I decided that I wonder if the book, which I knew it was based on is anything like the movie because i know the movie pretty well because we've watched it zillions of times and it's on tv every so often um so jodie foster right is that right jodie foster she's playing the lead the lead character um um and so i found a I found a copy on amazon got the book i'm in the process of reading it i have to tell you that it's different partially because the book was published in the mid 80s during the reagan administration Okay, the president that you see in the movie is Clinton. Very yeah, different. I'm trying time. to remember now. I'm like, I've, yeah, I've, I know I've the, seen it, but it's been so it, long ago. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very different time. And the president in the book is female, which we haven't even had a female president yet. Yeah. Okay, so you can see that there are Sagan was um, being being optimistic, perhaps. Yeah. Um, uh, regardless, it's just very, very interesting and, and very different. Um, I'm going to see where, see where it goes. It's, it's well, it's, it's, it's done, it's done well, um, or it wouldn't have been published, I don't suspect, but it's not written. I don't think the way I would have written it because, um, he was mainly a scientist and not a writer. I mean, he did write right. stuff, but he wasn't a, a fiction writer. That wasn't his main thing. So descriptions are there but sparse whereas if i don't give good descriptions on the regular basis my editor comes and says look i need more stuff over here yeah she's on my case and i'm going yeah i know you're right that's what makes good writing um so um so um so yeah i have a bunch uh more are coming as time permits but like i said it's, i'm so busy 
I have to pick I have to pick times for when I'm going to do that writing. I think I think the 4th of July weekend coming up might be another time. Um I have I just was uh planning my vacation in August. That's going to be two sol solid weeks of hopefully some good solid writing nice. because like I said I have a novel sitting on my computer that is two thirds, three quarters, maybe done 70,000 words approximately. Mm -hmm. It was 60 the other day. I looked at it and then I checked again recently. I said, it's 70,000. Really? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I did more writing than I thought um, that I'm trying to finish, which it, this one takes place after the last novel that I've, or, that's already out there for those of, in case anybody who's, who, who sees this has read my stuff. Um, um, and if not, then, you know, go read it. <laughs> go read it. Right. Yeah. Please come, please come to this event in August and, you know, yeah. check me out. Um, uh, so yeah, but this, these events take place after the, the, the last novel that I published, um, and hook up at, at the very end, you, you, you think things, some of the pieces hook up so you can see what the connection is of this story to other stuff. But, um, well, let me, book, Oh, yeah. sorry. I mean, I'm going to kind of just uh, jump topic a little bit because I'm curious. So you're talking about earlier that you, you went through one publisher that went under and then you had to get like your rights back for that. How, how do you yep. go about choosing a publisher and like, did it ever even occur to you that they would like go under? Like, is that, well, it's, it's tricky because every publishing house is different. Some won't look at me because they don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. Some require going through an agent. Um, can't find an agent to save my life that wants to take me on because again, who knows who the hell am I? So you have to wait for um, a lot of a lot of folks uh, have realized that unless they let new talent in, eventually they're out of business because they don't have new talent. Right, right, right. So they have these open periods where they'll they'll take anything. Okay, I just submitted um, my first poetry collection to a publishing house who's having an open or an open reading period this month um, for exactly that, that purpose. It's like, look, um, they have to be open to submission um, for one. Otherwise, there's no point. If they're close to submission, it's either they're not even going to get it or it's going to end up in the pile. And you don't ever want it in that pile because that pile never gets touched. They have this big of unread. The, the, the way this works is um, uh, this this could be urban legend kind of things, or this could be real. It's hard. I, having never worked at a publishing company, I can't be sure, but I suspect it might it might be a little bit of both. There's this big pile of unread stuff that they get that either has been looked at briefly and rejected, or something else is wrong with it and it just goes to the pile, and then it, then it's it's basically in a black hole, and you, you might as well just you know don't bother them. Because they won't know who you are, so you have to pick. You have to pick your times. That's one thing, um, and so you have to do your work. Um, there are a lot of resources to figure out what publishing houses are available, what they take, when they'll when they're open. You know, I look for, and of course, I'm connected with other writers who also look look mm -hmm. for opportunities. And so when they tell me stuff, sometimes I check it out. This last time, I just happened to be. I just happened to be looking. Uh, I think this was in May. I just happened to be looking at some of the resources um, that got posted um, 
in one of the groups I'm, I'm, I'm connected with on Discord, um, and I was checking out a bunch of links, and one of them said, yeah, they're going to have an open read in June, and they want poetry. And I said, well, you know, so far I've only been self-publishing my poetry. Maybe I could actually get that stuff published too by a regular publisher. That would be kind of nice, I think. So I, you know, I waited. I formatted it the way they wanted it to. They, they give you the, they tell you what to do. You just, you just have to pay attention. Um, I, I, I followed their instructions. Uh, and the first weekend in June, I sent it off and I got a very nice email back saying, thank you. We got it. Um, and they were happy. The, and, and the line that really struck me was, thank you for trusting us with your work. And I'm going, uh, and my, my, and I thought my thought was, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to read my stuff. Yeah. It's really because they may take me, they may not take me. I have no clue. The first volume of poetry is a mix of, excuse me, of stuff from um, my early days of writing poetry in college through uh, about 2010, maybe, approximately. Um, So it's it's because it took so, there were a lot of years where I didn't do any writing. Um, More recently, when I decided to get serious about the novel writing, the poetry stuff came back to me. It's Kind of like riding a bike, kind of thing. Yeah. Like they always say, right? You never forget. Um, although I don't think I would be riding a bike anytime soon. <laughs> I am too much of a klutz. Um, um, so um, it took me a while to collect enough poems for that first volume. That's why it took so long. What I found is that the more I do it, the faster it comes. Like more, th- I get more thoughts for poems. The second volume came only in a couple of years. And then this last volume, which I thought was going to take forever as well, uh, only got finished as quickly as it did because I found, while everyone was locked down, I went through some old notebooks from college as I was rearranging and cleaning up in the house because I had time to do so. I found a bunch of stuff going, these poems are pretty good. I could publish these. There you go. (laughs) Suddenly I have... It's always fun looking at your old work. Yeah. Yeah, I got like a third of the book done. You know, in an afternoon, because all I have to do is, you know, um, type them up. Because, of course, in college, it, uh, in college, I didn't have a computer. Yeah. Personal, personal computers didn't exist at that time. I always find looking back at some of my work, it's interesting because some of the things that I really loved, I now hate. And some of the things that I hated, I'm like, oh, you know, it's not, not as well, bad as I thought it was. Well, um, some things require... Some things get better with age, and some things spoil. Yeah, it works. It works both ways. Additionally, you as a person are changing. Um, as you go through life, all of your experiences, so that the person that you sort of start out as, might be very similar to the person you are now. But there are certain experiences that have altered, have altered you in small, in small, possibly subtle ways. You know. Um, and it may also be that you read a really good book on a particular type of particular type of story that got you interested in that genre. Right. That years ago you never would have touched. Sure. That happens. Yeah. That's called life. <laughs> um, so, you know. do do you find yourself kind of bringing old ideas that from your old notebooks into into the new novels or, or trying to I don't want to say rehash because that's not the right word, but but maybe things that didn't pan out 
than you know well, previous stories? That's an that's an interesting question because clearly, um, well, let, let's back up. Let's back up. Okay, so um, I've been collecting story ideas that I've had for years. Um, I first discovered my love of writing in like high school or junior high school in the mid mid midish. I'm gonna say midish seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've started to pay attention when I had an idea. Many of those ideas I've come to realize are really of very little value. Most of them, many of them, because they're derivative of my experience at that time, which was limited. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the things that a good writer needs is, is, is a fair amount of life experience, which, um, most people don't get until they, let's say, go to college, do some traveling, Stuff like that. Have some tragedy. So, I feel like tragedy is very important. So yeah, yeah, that's also, yes. <clears throat> death, the deaths and deaths of, of, of loved ones gives you gives you perspective as well. Teaches you several important lessons. Um, all of those things. Um, you know, your first your first your first girlfriend, your those first early relationships, then then you break up and how do you feel and all all that all that stuff that goes in the makeup of at a very deep core level of, of people, you need all that stuff mm-hmm. um, because you're going to be drawing from it later, mostly, um, is what I found. But more to the point is that I didn't have the writing skills until oh, many years after I finished school because it takes a while for you to hone those skills. and 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 so what I found is Going back, which I do, I've done, I did occasionally. I realized that some of the some of the stuff is just just it's just no good. I keep the stuff just because you never know. But um, some of it is just no damn good. Uh, and other little bits, occasionally there are little little pearls or little gems, little bits of something that's like, well, that's a good idea. I'm not quite sure how to do that. How do I would fit that into something else? Let's put that over here. Let's put that on the keep list. Um, the poems from college, um, which I didn't think were good at the time, in retrospect, I looked at them fresh. I'm going, okay, some of them were just fine as is, and others were like that needs work. I was on, I was on to something, but I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. One of the other things that happens is with with um, age and experience, you get to. I, you're able to identify good stuff from bad stuff. If you read enough stuff, you get you 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 can pick out good stuff from bad stuff pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I feel like you have a better idea of why it's bad, not just like oh that's garbage, but like oh well, you know, it's like it's it's like and, and I and I I, I shouldn't I, I won't I won't mention any names here, but yes, um, I bought a book, uh, the first book of a fantasy series from this. Uh, let's see. This was this was somewhere in the middle of the whole Harry Potter thing, mm-hmm. um, because he was a new writer. This this kid um, was publishing was publishing a, a fantasy series, and I bought the first book to see what he did with it. Um, and what I found, what I, I came away with, is like this is derivative. This is so freaking derivative. How is this published? Yeah, and I think I couldn't finish the first novel. It kept reminding me of Star Wars. I think I know who you're talking about. That's all I'm going to say. Because uh, I, I didn't read the book. I saw probably the first half 
was this made into a movie? Probably. Most uh, of these things first half of a movie, and I'm like, this is Star Wars with dragons. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's probably it's probably the same thing. I'm not we're not mentioning any names. No, no, no. Okay. Sections of the book are great, right? They're talking to the bard. The bard's giving some background to the world. That's great. The part with the main character and what he's doing and why he's doing it. Um, it was legit stuff. It was so I, 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 I have to I have to remind myself this the character this character is not named Luke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it, um, it, was, it was so it wasn't even like you know, there, there's things where you're like, oh, this is like such and such, or that reminds me of this is like this well, is that's, almost that's, word for word. And that's and that's fine. It yeah. can certain things can think you can okay. And I've taken bits and pieces. Yeah, I think everyone fair, does. Yeah, I've taken bits and pieces from my fantasy novels. What you're going to find is my, my elves are very much like Tolkien elves. Okay, but they're not the same. Yeah. Okay, I split them into two into into two uh, political groups basically, and they they're fighting each other. You don't see that in Tolkien. Right. That's one. Okay. I borrowed the concept of um, the Order of St. Michael from Catherine Kurtz and her her Dorini series um, because they're the logical people to fight evil. And I put necromancers in the story. Perfect fit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But those, that Order of St. Michael is not like her Order of St. Michael. I have, because she has bits and pieces that are deeply embedded in her head, probably, that never saw the book. I don't know a thing about. I said, okay, look, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some religious knights, and they're they're gonna be ordered by they're gonna be named after some of the archangels. Okay, very simple. Yeah, you know, very simple. Um, which is basically what she's doing. Um, it's so I it's that idea, it's just okay, and the mix of the fact that you've got all of this stuff all mixed together, you know, shaken well means I got a, something that's very different from anything you probably have ever read. Right. Because right, okay. Um, because the story uh, should not be derivative of anything, um, and shouldn't remind you of anything other than um, this is a, 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 a typical fantasy uh, story set in the uh, cast cast in the, in the mold of most fantasy stories, where you know it's a good versus evil. The guys have to go do something. But there, of course, there are obstacles and so on and so forth, and they, there's a prophecy and all this, all kinds of stuff. And so you'll meet you'll meet elves and dwarves and wizards and all kinds of stuff. You expect all of that, right? Yeah. Okay. And there's yeah, a certain exactly. amount of like shorthand where you're not going to create an elf that's short with not pointy ears and dragon wings that's covered in fur because you're gonna be like, the reason why you called it an elf is to kind of capture that shorthand that well, everyone understands what an elf is fantasy fantasy most much much of fantasy mm -hmm. rests on the shoulders of mythologies that we all know mm -hmm. right greek mythology norse mythology and so on and so in many cases i try to be true to the mythology the yeah. original sources when i can <clears throat> in the case of elves because elves only show up in norse mythology and i don't particularly like those 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 elves yeah um i much prefer tolkien elves I made I make I make some exceptions, but I know I'm making those exceptions. Yeah. Okay. You have to know the rules and know and know when to break them. To break That's them. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, but the dwarves, the dwarves um, that I have are right out of the ring cycle. Um, you know, they might as well be the people, the ones you know, mining the Rhinegold. 
out of the Wagner opera, I'm going, okay, guys, this is this is that's exactly what dwarves ought to be. Yeah. Um, it's basically also matches what Tolkien does because he was aware of all of those those kinds of uh, myths, and so it's all consistent. Okay, with a little bit of influence from things like D and D and role playing, which I've also done a, a, a fair amount of. Um, and that's the thing is that um, you've got to meet your readers' expectations to some degree, or they're going to look at it and go, mm. "Yeah." Um, and if they really look at it and says, "I've read this before, but it was called something else and it was done better," then you know, <laughs> I have friends. Yeah. I have friends of mine who read the series that I was I was just talking about, and in the third book, I heard. Um, I heard one of them say, I can't read this anymore. It's Tudor. And I'm surprised you got to book three. Frankly, yeah. I couldn't make it to book one. But at the end of the third book, she just she 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 loudly closed the thing. She was sitting in my living room. She closed the thing and says, I can't read this anymore. It's too derivative. It's no good. That's the end of it. And I'm going, thinking to myself, well, you made it farther than I did. Congratulations. <laughs> it's funny that, you know, I was at least hoping that it would you know, level off and get more to its own story in the other books. It was just like, I just couldn't get through the, the first. Yeah, it's 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 the, 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 the problem in that particular story is that the person who is credited with as the author doesn't have the skill. And so the only reason it was published originally mm -hmm. is because his, his parents had a publishing house or oh. they did a lot of rewrites. Yeah, and I suspect the parts that are good are their rewrites. Yeah. Okay. Now he's gone on to write other stuff, and I don't know how popular he is or anything. Um, I haven't bothered with any more of his stuff because you only have to dis disappoint me once, right? Yeah. Right. If you if you impress me, then I'm a loyal fan. I have been sp I've spent years trying to find everything Ray Bradbury, for example, has written because his stuff is awesome. And I right? feel like if you're if they impress you, then when they fall a little short, sometimes you're like, well, that's okay. That happens, you know? Yeah. But generally speaking, uh, well, here's the thing. It, it, it depends on, it depends on the piece because not everything that Bradbury writes, for example, is something that I really love, but he's writing for different magazines mostly. And mm -hmm. then his short stories are collected into not into, into books. And so I have to remember that, well, the, to evaluate each story as a sort of a, as a thing onto itself, okay, yeah, and to see what he's, what, what he's actually doing. Uh, the exceptions are things like Fahrenheit for fifty one, which is a novel in its own right, mm -hmm. and either you like that that story or you don't. It's a little dark for me, but you know that's you know that's that's me. Um, um, and so it's it really depends on. Um, uh, uh, what the, what the individual writer does, and yeah, yeah. If, if they disappoint, forget it. I'm not going to give you. I probably won't give you a second chance. But if it's good, then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna mine it because good writers, if they're if they're prolific, um, uh, it's it's worth doing. So I look for their series. I look for um, all kinds of stuff that they've done. You know, uh. You can you can go several years reading nothing but Pern novels, and there you are because she wrote so much stuff. Yeah, right. And if you like dragons, 
And frankly, who doesn't like dragons? Come on. Everybody likes um, dragons. Yeah. I think Game of Thrones like proved that. <laughs> well, there you go. Um that's that's a, that's a perfect case of the thick book. The thick book. All of those are 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 are, are small um telephone books. Yeah. Um but they've been popularized because of the of the uh HBO series mm-hmm. that yeah. Uh um uh George Martin did a, has done so much to to turn people on to fantasy, which I was hoping somebody would do because let's face it, science fiction was suffering until Star Wars came along. Yeah. And then Star Wars basically op- reawakened and I was hoping that was going to happen in the fantasy genre. And I think it may have finally hit and it wasn't the Lord of the Rings movies um, at, the, at the beginning of this century. It, I think it was really Game of Thrones on TV that really put it over the top yeah. because it was so popular. The problem is that at least for my taste um, that story is very cutthroat and not as... Oh, to say the least, yeah. Yeah, it's very cutthroat <sighs> and is not my taste. Um, even though I will sometimes describe my work as, uh, well, if you like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. it, it's not as blood. It's not as bloodthirsty. Yeah, you people aren't dying left and right. Oh, okay, your favorite characters won't won't be killed out from under you, but it's it's many of the same elements are there. Yeah, yeah, awesome, uh, Rich. I mean, this this time has flown. I feel like we just scratched the surface, and hopefully, our <laughs> listeners. Uh, feel the same way so they can come out to pages and pints on august 20th at mayflower brewing company and sure. uh meet you there and chit chat and pick up your and book continue this uh, conversation absolutely collector's I, items no less well yeah well for the for the novels yeah or you can buy you know revised editions of of um my short story collections or the or the poetry if you're into that um um yeah because once the novels are gone they're gone. I have to now. I have to wait for my my current publisher to reissue at least the first two. Yeah. So that I'll have more books. Hopefully, I won't sell out here because I'm. I got your other event in September. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. have inventory for that one too. Yeah. Um. Where so, can people go to find out more of what you're working on? And uh, I'm assuming you have a website of some kind. Yes, I do. Uh, Feidelberg.net. Uh, F-E-I-T-E-L-B-E-R-G. Dot net right yeah list list the homepage lists all the books right up right up front you can also go to amazon of course and search if you search mm-hmm. for my name um you might want to uh 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 put up a little a little uh i don't know what they call it in in the in the tv uh, in the um flash the name of the of the person up on the screen there if you have post-production uh oh this so this only goes out as audio so uh, they'll have oh, your name in the show description yeah and yeah. never mind i'm yeah. getting i'm getting confused because i'm seeing your face over over mm-hmm. over the internet here um right um um right so if they go to amazon and search for my name they can find me that way yep. um i'm not i go back and forth on uh if i mean other uh, bookstores online mm-hmm. um, because for the most part the only way I sell is to doing doing these events like you're you're gonna have yeah is that's the way I, that's where I make most of my money mm-hmm. um, is that I, I go there I press the flesh I shake hands I talk to people they like what they hear they say yeah I'll try it um, and I make some money um, this time it's a little different because like I said yeah these are these novels are uh, 
when they're gone, they're gone. There's not going to be any more. And um, um, I have to wait. I have to wait for the for the new versions. Um, so, uh, but um, they can always um, go to my website. There's mm -hmm. contact information there too if they want to actually, you know, find me on social media. Okay. Okay. There's also that, and my email address is there too if they have questions about stuff. I get that occasionally from some of some of my uh, loyal, more loyal, loyal readers, um, because um, what happened when I knew I was going to sell my rights to that to that London publisher, mm -hmm. I turned I turned around to all of my readers uh, of of the books, right? Because I knew I knew some of them hadn't gotten the last couple of uh, novels because they couldn't they couldn't. Yeah, I said, look. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm about to sell my rights. If you want copies, contact me. So that happens, and I don't have a problem with people contacting me if yeah. they want. If they want something specifically, um, because for all I know, uh, somebody will hear this who's read up book five and they want six, seven, eight, and the only way they're probably going to get that is by talking to me directly now. Yeah, that happened to me. The I think it was last year. That somebody needed the, a copy of the last book to finish the series, um, and I didn't have anything in stock, so I had to. The only thing I could do is give them my uh, a proof copy, which they accepted. Yeah, and unfortunately, the proof copy says proof copy. It's, that's it's, still pretty cool. I mean, that's. I feel like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'd rather that, but I feel like that. That's kind of you know, if yeah, you're a fan. Well, that that's a pretty cool thing to have. I wasn't sure <laughs> that that was acceptable because. That's that's you know that one that was that wasn't my my brother's yeah. but I had no choice because I've done I'm not really bringing these things back into print um, for legal reasons um, mostly is that they know the London publisher has the rights to, to everything right and I need to honor that agreement um, that's not to say that I can't um, do something special for folks if if it's just a, a one time thing yeah so. Uh, I'm flexible, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, um, so again, I want to say thank you for uh, coming on the show and, and chatting. Sure. It was good to catch thank up. You, thank you for having me. It was, it was, uh, it was a good thing. Yeah. It went really fast. Yeah. It, it, those are always the best ones when you're like, Oh crap, we're there. Okay. Um, well, the next time you do, you have a few, if you're doing a podcast series for a different event, if you are, I'm there, just let me know. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll talk again. Or if you got another book coming out, reach out and we'll, we'll get you back on. Oh, okay. I'll, I can uh, do that. When, when, the, when the one that I'm working on goes out, I'll let you know. Sweet. Sounds good. And again, okay. our listeners, uh, you can come on down to Pages and Pints at the Mayflower Brewing Company on August 20, August 20th and see Rich. You can see myself um, and enjoy some Mayflower beer and, and get, get, get your read on. And uh, we'll there see you, you guys again next week. And thank you, Rich. Thank you all. Okay, bye. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.